Good morning. Nice weather we're having, isn't it? This is this is very very nice, very unexpected in July to have these kind of temperatures, and it kind of just reminded me of, uh, you know, you never you never know what you can expect. Things will happen that don't usually happen, and and uh, God's in the middle of all that. He's, uh, you know, we I think sometimes we try to work him into uh, a box. We think uh, that things are supposed to go a certain way or supposed to look a certain way, uh, and we miss it sometimes. Uh, when God's, God does something in our lives because we're looking for one thing, but He's really working in another area. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Uh, uh, we're in about three, three weeks into a series uh, called I Want to Go Deeper. And uh, we're talking really about ways that we can go deeper in our relationship with Jesus Christ and, and to come closer to God. Uh, just to recap, the first week, we uh, now there's going to be a quiz here in a minute, so uh, pay attention. The first week, the word was we were supposed to remember, right? They're all ours. I'm giving you a hint. All right, that's the word I want you to remember uh, is the word remember. Can you remember remember? All right, remember. So remember what? He, Peter, we started in Second Peter. We're not going to be there this week, but in Second Peter, um, Peter was writing to us, telling us, uh, showing us how he was remembering uh, what he was like before he met Jesus and how uh, his life was then. And then he talked to He said, well... I also want you to remember what happened for you to meet Jesus. How did you meet Jesus? And then what was your life, what, what, what was your life like after you meet Jesus? And Peter was trying to get us to, when we want to focus on going deeper in our relationship with God, he said, you know, first, just start off by remembering. Remembering what he's done in your life. For some of you, you don't have a date for that. You're still working on whether or not you believe this whole Jesus is the Son of God thing and, and God is really real and... Uh, He's out there and he wants to be a part of your life. You're still working on that. That's okay. But Peter was writing to people who were believers already. They were already f- trying to follow Jesus. And he was saying, don't let the craziness of the world grab your attention. Just focus on God. And so first step he wants you to do is to remember. And uh, then the second week we talked about how were, how were we going to respond to that memory. If God's already, If we've already trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins... If we've made him Lord of our life, how are we going to respond to that? And he gave us some uh, verses, and we'll read this one out of Second Peter chapter 1. It says, uh, Now for this very reason, also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your, in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brother, brotherly kindness, love. And so he gives us these lists of things, but it wasn't a list of to-dos or it wasn't the honey-do list for us to get them all done and get them all figured out before we come to God. These are the things that Peter's saying God wants to work on in our lives. And through his power, see, remember how, how that started? Applying all diligence, that meant bringing forth our, our energy, our power to the thing, to bring more than what was required to get a job done. To just go after it, to go after God. And he said, if you go after me, I'm going to come after you with even more power. And that power is going to come through the Holy Spirit. And he's going to reside in you once you uh, believe that, my, uh, that Jesus is my son, the son of God. And that uh, you put your trust in him for forgiveness of sins and for God's very power. Because he said he gave us everything we needed to live that godly life already. Those who are believers. And he gave that to us in the form of his son who died on the cross for us, sacrificed himself 
for our sins, to, to be that payment for our sin. And if we trust in Him, we get the Holy Spirit that moves in, takes up residence in us to give us the very power of God that's living in our lives to help guide us, to help guide us into get, getting the, these things done. Because I said that God was about trying to transform us into the image of His Son. And that takes a while because we tend to be kind of messed up. We kind of uh, like to do things our own way. But God says, i got a better way, and He wants to show that to us. So if we put our own energy towards following Jesus, God's going to come multiply that energy with the energy of the Holy Spirit that moves into your life. And now you've got the very power of God at work in your life. So now this week, I want us to look a little more. Well, let's, let's do the quiz right now. What was the first week? Remember. That's good. Get an A so far. What's the second week? Respond. That was a little bit weaker. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's pay attention here because it's going to be more quizzes. All right? Remember and respond. So this week we're going to talk about receive. Those areas that God said he wanted to work on in our lives that we just read through in Second Peter, how do we receive more of God in those areas as we uh, go about the business of growing? So let's look at that. Now, when we go to churches, when we go looking for a church, what do we do? What are we looking for? We kind of tend to do, and I do, uh, we, we got to kind of tend to look for what are we going to get out of the deal. Like, is the... Do, can you, what, what kind of clothes do they wear? Am I going to be comfortable because I, I only want to wear jeans or something like that? Or we might look at what kind of music do they play? You know, uh, is it rocking out? Is it more traditional or, or that kind of thing? Is it, uh, what, how long does that preacher talk? If, if he talks a long time, that's probably not the church for me. You know, see, we, we look at these things that, what do we want to get out of the situation? What do we want and uh, I can see some of that. You know, we've got a responsibility to make sure that we're following somebody who's teaching the truth, who's teaching what God's Word has to say, and, and they're not on their own agenda. So at some point, I think it's okay to do that. We should be going in looking and evaluating. Uh, I think Paul in uh, Thessalonians there said, uh, test all things. And so we should be doing that. But when we let that take the place of really going after God and worshiping Him, that's when we start to get into trouble, I think. See, when I read through the Bible here, I see a different focus than on looking out for number one. I see a different focus. And I, I did a search on the word uh, give in the Bible, and I got pages and pages and pages of occurrences of the word give in the Bible. And really, God's focus is for us to look at giving, I think. Let's, let's look at uh, some, uh, some of those scriptures. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Go... And announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Matthew chapter 20. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life as a ransom for many. In Acts, Paul's... Uh, Speaking here, he says, uh, You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs, and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed, blessed to give than to receive. And over and over and over again, you see this idea of giving. And really, it's, it's giving first so that you can receive is what I get out of it. So... The 
idea that I want to grow and I'm going to put my energy toward growing and so I need to get something out of it is a good one. But how you get there, you got to kind of flip it. You kind of got to do it backwards. You can't worry so much about what you think you need to get out of it and how that's supposed to look. We have got to come uh, in a way that says, I'm not going to worry so much about myself and I'm going to trust God to grow me through a situation and I'm going to focus on what God focuses on and that's giving to other people. What, I, what I've experienced in just trying to follow Jesus in, in nine years, uh, almost nine, about eight and a half now, uh, of, that's really how it works. See, when I get focused on myself, I kind of lose track of God and I'm kind of doing my own thing my own way. When I focus on others, like Jesus set the example for, that's when I hear God more. That's when God starts to work more in my life. So this week, what I could have done was come in here and beat you over the head and shoulders about how you need to be serving other people and you need to be volunteering in the church and all that. But that, you know, who wants to sign up for that? Anybody want some of that? We could do that. You know, I could try to make you feel real guilty for the next 30 minutes and and get you to sign up for something that you don't really feel like doing. And uh, But that's not really what it's all about, I think. It's about God changing our hearts and, and seeing that people are important. So I wanted to look at some examples of that and just talk about that. So I've asked Chris to come out here and to share an example of uh, some, something that's gone on in his life that God has spoken to him about. Have a seat, sir. Thank you, sir. This is uh, Chris Edmondson. He's, uh, he's my pastor. And, uh, I get to talk to him. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> so tell, describe for us a, a time in your life where you were, uh, you had an opportunity to serve someone else. That um, <clears throat> I remember, um, and this was kind of strange, I, I was used to deliver pizzas in college, and um, uh, I was delivering pizzas to Meacham Hall at Austin P. and um, I ended up uh, pulling on 7th Street and got behind this, this black truck who stopped at the stop sign, and kicked this woman out of the truck and it was late at night and I'm thinking that's just kind of weird, that's kind of strange so uh, the truck squealed off and I pulled up beside her and I said hey are you okay and she said yeah I'm good I said do you need any help, do you need me to take you somewhere or something like that and she said yeah that'll, that'll be fine, I said well get on in so um, so I was in this little small car of mine and uh, I asked her to hold the pizzas and I said hey my name's Chris, uh, what's your name and she says my name's Kitty and I said okay um, cool. Uh, and and uh, um, she says, well, um, I'm a prostitute, and for $20, I will. Uh. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and I says, well, thank you for that offer, um, but I'm actually saving myself for marriage. And uh, she looked kind of strange, and, and she says, what does that mean? And I kind of explained that to her, and she says, oh, that sounds cool. And I says, thanks. I says, well, are you hungry, you think? Can I get you something to eat? She says, sure. I says, well, let me finish delivering these pizzas, and uh, and uh, and I'll go take you to McDonald's or something. So did that. It was November, so it was a little chilly. And uh, so I left the car running with her in it and went to go deliver the pizzas. And as I'm delivering the pizzas, I'm thinking, that may have not have been the wisest <laughs> choice. But I said, you know, hey. Uh, so I ended up getting back to the car, and it was still there. It was still running. And um, I said, okay, McDonald's? She says, sure. So we ended up driving to McDonald's, and uh, um, as we're just kind of chatting through the drive-thru, um, I said, you know, what do you know about God? What do you know about Jesus? And he says, well, I really don't. She says, I really don't know anything about Jesus or God or anything like that. 
I says, roll down the window. So we roll down the window, and it was just a beautiful starry night. I mean, it was just gorgeous, and the stars were just, I mean, they were twinkling. And I says, the same God that put all of those stars into space is the same God that became a baby, and that's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. That same God became a baby and grew up and died for your sin so that you can have a relationship with God. And she starts crying, and I'm starting to cry, and uh, <clears throat> I give her my Bible, and I says, I, you know, here's my number. I said, if you ever get in any trouble, you're more than welcome to call me. Um, and I did, you know, they didn't have cell phones really back then, so I gave them my home number. And I was living with my parents at the time. And that's a whole different sermon. But anyway, <clears throat> but, um, but uh, you know, I said, hey, hey do you, you want to have that relationship with Jesus? Said, I'm not ready. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, if you ever want to talk, I'm here. And uh, I ended up dropping her off where she needed to be dropped off. And I remember putting it uh, back in the cassette tape that I was listening to. And it was a fellow by the name of Steve Camp, who's a Christian artist. And he was singing at the time. Uh, a song called Don't Tell Him Jesus Loves Him Till You're Ready to Love Him Too. And uh, the, right when I put in the cassette tape, it had these words on it. Do you see the girl selling herself on 7th Avenue? Oh. She's crying out for help. What will you do? And, you know, as I, I mentioned, I picked her up on 7th Street. Hmm. And I immediately, I just started bawling. And I said, you know, I didn't do that because I was anybody special. I, I didn't have any really anything to give at that point. Um, I just I made myself available, and uh, I was amazed at what God can do when you make yourself available. So, what did that do for you? Spark uh, like when you, I mean, just everything coming together like that, you realize that God's doing something there. What did that do for you in your relationship with Him? Or, or? it definitely deepened it, Mike. I mean, I, you know, there's so many times you can live weeks at a time and just not feel like that God is saying something specific to you. But it's when I stopped and made time to give that I really feel like I really received really something huge in return. And I knew God was working. That's cool. That's cool. Thank you, Chris. Give Chris a hand. I know he's real nervous about speaking in front of people. But, uh, and that's really, that example is a, that's perfect. You know, it's, it's, it's about God saying, Go out of your way here. I know it's a little bit uncomfortable, and I, it wasn't in the plan. You know, you weren't. Chris wasn't out uh, looking to pick up a prostitute or anything. He was delivering pizzas, but God provided an opportunity that might have been uncomfortable, but uh, by making Himself available, by giving of Himself to others, He got a blessing out of it. He got to receive something from God as a result. In Luke chapter six, it talks about this very thing. In uh, verse thirty-seven. Uh, we've got this uh, this section here that I want I want to break down for us today. Uh, it starts off like this: Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, uh, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. So really, that first section there, where it's starting off, uh, where it's basically what your mama taught you, right? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all, right? If if uh, you treat others like you want to be treated, then you're going to get treated well in return, aren't you? So these are things that we've heard before, and it's probably because it came from the Bible. We just didn't know it. So keep keep on going. Uh, after you've figured out that you need to treat others like you need to be treated, give, and you will what? Receive. See, the giving comes first, and the receiving comes later. If we want to get more of God in our lives, 
We've got to look at opportunities to give. And God will give you opportunities to give in your life. So even though it sounds backwards, if I want to receive more of God, I've got to give of myself to somebody else. That's, that's, that's really the rule here. See, God really wants to work in all of our lives. He wants to be present in all of our lives. And the, the, the way to kick that door open and to get more of God really is to start really giving of yourself. Your gift, keep on reading, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So it even goes into detail on how you're supposed to give and what the effect of it's giving. And it sounds to me like here, the, the part you receive back is equal to or more than the part you get. It's more than. See, that's what God's always about doing more than what you expect. God's always about doing more than you can even see on the surface. And you'll see things that God did through an incident, through a, a situation, that just weeks and months and maybe even years later where he was actually working on something that you didn't even know he was working on at the time. And it could be in your life or it could be in the life of the person that you're giving to. But the whole thing is for us to receive, we've got to start by giving. I've asked Josh to come out here as well and, and to share a, a story because really this is happening in everybody's life that is willing to give. And so it's happening over and over again. And I just wanted to have Josh come out here. And would you mind, Josh, just sharing with uh, the folks a time in your life when you were serving someone else and, or, uh, and just describe what, what the situation was for um, Mike had Mike had asked me to talk about this and this week, and I was kind of thinking through just some different times in, in my life. And, and the first one that really popped in my mind was about five, five, almost six years ago now. Um, God had just really given me a heart for the poor and the broken um, in society and just um, those who have just been marginalized and just basically forgotten about. And there's a, there's a verse in Luke that says Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor. Um, and I, I kept reading that verse, and God just really just started changed my heart. I had been on a, a missions trip with with my church. My brother was my youth pastor, and he was also Ryan, our family pastor's um, youth pastor. And we would go to this place in Mexico called Matamoros, and we would go down there, and I'd never seen anything like this in my life. The the average person in the, in the little town, I worked in an orphanage, and it was down this dirt street, and, and the people would just live in these huts. They were made of like like pallet jacks you would pick up with a forklift. I mean, we're talking like the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. These people were just poor. They were starving. I mean, that wasn't even the worst of it. I mean, these people, some of them lived at uh, basically the city dump, and them and their children scrounged around through trash to find things to eat, uh, things to wear, things to build their houses out of. It was all out of a trash pile. Um, and so God had begun to work on my heart, and so I decided just with a friend of mine just to raise money and go down and work there live there and so we, we went down for about eight months or so and just lived there and honestly it was it was some of the best time of my life you know just really serving the people you know we didn't have a lot of money um, and it didn't cost a lot of money I lived for eight months on seventeen hundred dollars it, it was very cheap to live but I didn't have money to give people I just had me and I had you know we played with kids we played soccer we you know served people food we took them you know the stupidest things that we would think are 
you know, just insignificant, they think are just the most amazing thing they've ever seen in their lives. And so that that was really just the one time I thought of just not giving money, but really just giving of myself and my time. So how how did God use that uh, time to to speak to you or to change something in you that uh, made you grow? I think I think really He began to give me a heart for ministry um, before. Ryan's in the back. He could tell you in high school, I was a jerk. And I didn't like people. I didn't, I really thought a lot of myself. And I was lead singer in this band, and and I thought I was just the coolest thing ever. And I went down there, and I was nobody. I was this guy standing on stage singing to them in English. And I don't know if you know much about Mexico. They speak Spanish. (laughs) Um, So there was a problem there. I'm singing songs that we would consider old school or like new to them. I'm singing worship songs like, Lord, I lift your name on high and shout to the Lord. And they're like, yeah, in English. And I'm like, I hate this song. Um, you know, but, but they loved it. And, and it really, it really communicated to them, even in English, these people would just worship with, with everything that they had. And God really, I, I guess, twofold. He taught me for one, that we don't need as much as we need, as we think we need. Um, that when we rely on him, he'll provide for us. There was three weeks at a time that the guy that we worked for would just go back to Texas and leave us in Mexico. I might have mentioned this. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and so I learned very quickly to say, yo quiero tacos. Yeah, and I'd do this a lot. And they'd be like, oh, he's hungry. That's cute. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you just learn that, that God's going to provide. And the second thing, like I mentioned before, is just it's just ministry. Just understanding that, that without a love for people, there's no point in doing this. You know, it's not about being on stage and jumping around. And it's not about witty sermons and lights and projection and all this stuff. But it's just about people. And God really, I think that was the blessing I took from it, that the heart that I have now, I think he started to give me then. Cool. Thanks a lot, Tom. Now, Josh has volunteered. He can't leave yet. Uh, he's going to turn his mic off, but uh, he's volunteered to be a visual aid for me. Let's put that uh, verse up there, give, and you'll receive, and uh, look at the recipe here. Now, um, it talks about, toward the end there, it's going to be poured into your lap. Well, you need to put this, just hook this over your neck for me. There you go. He, he, can, he can follow instructions. Both, both, yes. All right, don't tie it. Did I give you instructions to tie it? Okay, you need to walk right here, all right? Okay, good. What we're referring to here, giving you receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, uh, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The lap is a thing in the, in the garment. They wrote, you know, wear some bulky clothes and they had some extra room in them. So this is kind of what that refers to, an area, a, a section. It's like a pocket, but they didn't have pockets back then. So if you just put your arms underneath there, underneath, scoop it up. There. It'd be an area in the garment where they could hold things, right? So if he was going to the market and he had purchased some grain, he'd bring his basket there and he'd, and he'd kind of hold it like that. And then he would pay me and I would give him some grain, right? Good-looking grain here, isn't it? So if, I'm a, if I am a uh, businessman... He paid me for this much grain, so I'm going to make sure I don't give him any extra. I'm just going to give him just enough to get to the top there, and it's good. And I send him on his way, right? But not so with God. See, what, what does he say he does here? 
if, if what he gives is going to return to him more than what he gave out, and this represents what he gave out, then what are we doing? We're pressing it down. We're shaking it. We're making sure there's no space in between those things of grain right there. We're making sure that, oh, see, now i got a lot more room on the top. I can put some more in there. All right? Okay. Now we're good. All right. Now we got that. Press down. you got to hold it. All right? Gotta press it. We're going to pack this thing full, buddy. Because I like you, and I want to give you more of me. That's what God's saying. So he's, he just says, look, I'm just going to give you... I'm going to, so it's overflowing out of your lap. See, that's the return that we're going to get from God when we give of ourselves first. And that's all. That's the first step. It's opposite of what you think you need to do. It's not worrying about what you're going to get out of it because what you're going to get out of it is much more than what you're going to put in if you do it God's way. Okay? And that's the picture that he's given to us right here. Thanks, Josh. Don't spill any of that. All right. So let's just. So that's it. That's the that's the example that he's talking about here in Luke. Now let's look at an example from Second Kings, chapter four, that that explains this again. Just just quick and to the point here. This is Elisha, and a woman from Shunem. It's chapter Second Kings, chapter four, verse eight. One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. Elisha was a prophet, and he was traveling around um, uh, prophesying and working with people, and he always went through this town of Shunem. Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come uh, to her home for a meal. He wasn't looking for any handouts. She pretty much talked him into it to come and get some food. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. So they started developing this relationship. See? Elisha was just basically a man of God doing on a mission, doing the mission that God had set out for him. That's what he was doing. That could be really, you could insert any believer into this situation. Any believer, somebody who is chosen to follow Jesus, you're a man or you're a woman of God, and whatever mission he's given you to do, if you were on about that mission, you could find yourself in a situation like this. Nothing special here. You don't have to be a special kind of person. That's what I'm saying. You just got to be following Jesus. And uh, so she talked him into coming home for a meal. Uh, after that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. So let's go on. Verse 10. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So she's saying, let's make an addition to the house so this stranger, whenever he feels like, can come live with us. And really not, just, not really live with us, just whenever he feels like it can drop in whatever he wants. He has a furnished room waiting for him. Now, she was wealthy. It said she was wealthy, so she was within her means probably to do this. She wasn't sacrificing a lot other than really just giving of herself. She said, hey, I got an idea. And I'm saying, hey, where'd that idea come from? And it's probably from God because God's working on something here. And so she, they do it. She, her husband uh, says, okay, let's do it. And uh, he comes and, and, and he stays there. Uh, verse 11, one day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. And he said to his servant, Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem, they were real close by this time, he didn't even know her name. Tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. Uh, when she appeared, Elisha said to, to Gehazi, Tell her we appreciate the kind of concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? See, 
what happens is that this giving thing gets kind of contagious. Somebody gives to you, you're going to want to give to somebody else. Well, what's her reply? Uh, no, I don't need anything, she replied. My family takes good care of me. So she's not working some kind of angle. She's not trying to just get close to the, the head guy in the church or, or somebody who has not uh, influence so she can get something out of it. She was simply giving what she had to give of herself and of her wealth. Well, later on, uh, Elisha asked Gehazi, again, what can we do for her? See, this is, this is in his head now. He's saying, we've got to do something for her. This, she's, done a, she's really helped us out here. She's done a big deal for us. And, and I just want to give her something. See, that giving just infects you like a virus. Once, once somebody gives to you, you want to give to somebody else, and so on and so on. And so can you imagine a community where people were just giving and giving and giving? Well, Gehazi replied back, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. And Elisha said, that's it. Call her back. Call her back, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as, soon as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. Now, my reply to that is, what in the world? How? She gave you a place to stay, and you're going to give her a son? Can he even do that? How can he say he's, she's going to have a son by next time, the same time this next year? Can he do that on his own? That has got to be from God, number one. He is a man of God, so clearly God's speaking to him here. Otherwise, he wouldn't have promised it. He wouldn't have promised something he couldn't uh, give away. The Bible says, how do, you, how do you test a prophet? How do you test if a prophecy is true? Just check to see if what he says comes true. And if it doesn't, he's not a true prophet. Well, the test is uh, that she's going to have a baby, and uh, it happens. She gets a son by, the, by that time the next year. See, God is taking what you, have, what you are willing to give and changing your heart through this process. Is, does a son, is, is son equal payment for room and some food whenever you pass by? It's totally out of whack. It's totally more than what you could ever imagine. And that's what God really is about doing. He's, he wants to do more than we would ever even think of. And that's, that's exactly what he does in people's lives. We, we, we read a couple of weeks ago, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Because of that experience, Peter says, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. See, God is trying to work in our lives. God is trying to show us more and more of himself. And all we've got to do to be able to receive more and more of God in our lives is to be willing to give. And so what does giving look like? It's going to look different probably for everybody. It's God knows where you're at. God knows what you need to experience. God knows what you need to work on first to be able to grow in Him. And so serving will look like a lot of different things. I believe serving starts in the home. I believe that if you're willing to serve your wife, your husband, uh, your children, then that's where you need to start. Because uh, I think too often we have relationships that need to be healed in the home first and we don't work on those we just dive into something at church and that relationship in the home uh, just continues to get worse and worse and then as you serve other people in the church that comes through that comes through and that's when people get burned by people other people in church that's when we have these stories about bad experiences that people have in church because there's something that you skipped 
you need to work on that other relationship first. And so start serving each other in the home. Uh, I'm trying to do that myself uh, just by learning how to serve my wife and, and look at her in a different light and to really serve her in a way, not the way I want to serve her, but to serve her in the way that grows her and, and helps to heal any past hurts that, that have been. I'm learning, trying to learn how to talk to my daughters because to me, in my male mind, it's like, well, now's the time to talk. We'll sit down. You'll tell me what I want to hear, and then I will respond to that. Well, apparently, you can't just talk to women that way. You gotta talk. If you want to talk about X, you gotta start talking about Y, and then work your way around into X. All right. Now I'm learning that. Well, serving serving others in church. What does that look like? I mean, it's the folks that get here early to set up. It's the folks that stay late to tear down. It's the folks that are out there at the door to smile at you and say good morning and give you a bulletin when you come in. It's the folks that are signing your kids in uh, when you're dropping them off. It's the folks that are taking care of your babies. It's the folks that are taking time out of their day to uh, teach your kids. All right. It's the folks that are hanging out with your youth and telling them about Jesus and what he wants to do in their life. It's the folks that are up here preaching and teaching. It's the folks that are in homes in the neighborhood that are taking time out and are willing to step up and lead a community group and investing in other people's lives to help other people apply what God's Word says to their life. Real life today, how does this work? It's those kinds of people. And these are just some small examples of how God is working. He's, he's alive. He's well. And he's working in a bunch of people's lives that are in this room. He's working in a bunch of people's lives that come here for the second service. And, and he's alive and well. If we could just do story after story of, of believers. And I, could, I could bring you up here and you would be able to share something that God has shown you by you giving something of yourself in your life. And, and we could spend the next uh, three months doing that and never get to the end of it. Because God is always going to add more to whatever it is that you're willing to give. And all you done, all you got to do is step out really in faith to say, you know, the promises of God are true. If I will serve others, then God will give me much more than I can even imagine. How do you go deeper in your relationship with God? You remember, you respond, and you get ready to receive. And you receive by giving of yourself to other people. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, uh, I just thank you for the opportunity to give. I thank you for what you've done in my life, and I just want to share that with others. That confidence that I have in you because of everything that you've done is just, it grows every day, and I thank you for it. You are so much bigger than we give you credit for, uh, and you're in everything, Lord. If we will just slow down and look for you, we will see you in the midst of the storm. And it's probably there where you're carrying us along, getting us ready for the next thing. Keep working in our lives, God. Show us how to receive more of you. And show us the opportunities, really, that we have to serve others. In Jesus' name I pray.